Welcome to the SCORE Life and Health Innovation Podcast, where we explore how innovation is driving change around the world in our life and health ecosystem. Our world is changing rapidly, and we want to come together with you to explore those changes and embrace transformation with SCORE. As one of the world's largest reinsurers, SCORE provides insurance companies with diverse and innovative solutions focused on the art and science of risk. Combining technical expertise and experience, SCORE leverages global know-how in over 80 countries focused on the life and health insurance industry. I'm David Ferguson, Underwriting Development Manager in one of SCORE's innovation teams. Today, my guest is Yussi Reisinen, health entrepreneur and investor based in Helsinki and co-founder of Habito Health. Yussi, welcome to our podcast. Can you please begin by giving us an introduction? Thank you, David. Nice to be here. Absolutely. Um, so. I guess in brief, I'm a, I'm a technology entrepreneur. I started working with software at the turn of the millennium, uh, co-founding my first company into a then novel category of mobile email. And, and basically what that was about was uh, making people's lives easier when working remotely and, and being able to connect to their data remotely using their mobile phones, which some listeners will remember were developing quite fast at the time. Mm-hmm. So, so that was the opening, but uh, for more than 10 years now, I have been working in the field of health and well-being. How that happened was that I was still working with my previous company, actually living in Singapore, and basically started developing a concept with a friend of mine who was living in London for encouraging ourselves into um, exercising more. So we were talking about increasing our physical activity and didn't find a solution in the market at the time. So we started to prototype one of our own and and gradually started to notice that there's actually a business opportunity in this space. And and it's a really exciting domain. Uh, Improving people's lives is a a great purpose for one's work. So it's very easy to be an entrepreneur in this space. Uh, And I think it's been a really exciting journey. So when we originally founded the company, the, the technology company in, in 2010, we started building the solution. And then that company evolved by merging with a coaching company in 2015 called Hintza Performance, where we then digitalized their coaching methods. And two and a half years ago, technology team and myself, we started a new company uh, that also then bought out this technology from Hintza and started building our own platform and developing further the technology that we had developed before. So we're basically, that's where we are now. We're developing a B2B and and large scale platform for both employers and then public health and insurance and health provider customers. Sure. Yeah, really interesting actually. And I think from the conversations we've had before, I think uh, you were saying that uh, when you developed the concept, there was quite a strong gamification element to the platform and getting people to interact by really pulling them into that digital journey. Would that be correct? So yeah, I think you just based a lot of what you're doing on the visuals and the interaction with with your users, basically. Would that be right? Yes, I think that's, that's fundamental. That's actually a really important point you made there. Very early on, even in the previous company, I noticed that the essential of any sort of technology product is making sure that the end user, the individual who's actually using it, uh, finds it uh, easy and ideally even exciting. And and that really applies here as well. So what we tried to develop from the beginning was something that, first of all, we would like to use, uh, but then also that uh, other users would find easy to use, and especially people who might not be so technologically uh, advanced, if you will. So so we didn't want to develop something that requires a lot of technology knowledge, 
or do something, make something that only people who are athletes or super athletic, very data oriented, that they would they would be able to use. So, so we wanted to make something that's actually virtually usable by anyone, regardless of how physically active or, or health oriented you are to begin with. And regardless of whether you have very advanced technology at your disposal. So so that's yeah. really fundamental. And how, how to do it this is basically by means of gamification and then also social networking. So connecting people with one another. So going back to the example of, of uh, myself living in Singapore and a friend of mine living in London, there was basically no no uh, opportunity for us to exercise together physically. So, so we yeah. needed something virtual. So this is uh, quite a strong element of uh, what your offering is, and I'll come to that a little bit later, this connecting people remotely, and we'll come to that a little bit later when we talk about some of the pilots that you've run. But can you tell me just a little bit more about how you see generally digital health solutions can really help energize the many communities you support and which countries you currently work in support? And you mentioned that you started this by being in, in separate territories. You were in Singapore, your colleague was in London, but you do connect many communities, don't you? And across many different parts of the world, particularly in the Nordics, I think, but it would be good to explore that a little bit with you. That's correct. So so we um, being originated here in, here in the Nordics, we have a very strong customer base in this region. We do have customers more or less worldwide. Uh, we have large multinationals working with us and so forth. But I think the Nordics are an interesting market and, and, and uh, region uh, in, the, in the sense that we have a couple of, I'd say maybe common denominators here that are perhaps less less common elsewhere. One of them is the role of the employer as, as basically promote an active sponsor or promoter of well-being of their employees. And the second is, is a fairly strong overall well-being and health uh, orientation in the in let's say the public space as well so we obviously have a very strong public health system in these in all of these nordic markets uh, which in a way perhaps sometimes relates to the role of an insurer elsewhere so so they carry often often the same kinds of responsibilities and we work with basically these two categories of customers employers ranging from very small ones to very large ones so from 10 employees to tens of thousands of employees typically what they use our solution for what they're looking to do is first of all of course to prevent health problems and, and ensure that their employees are healthy but increasingly also connecting employees who are working from remote locations. So obviously, as a result of the COVID uh, pandemic, many organizations went fully remote or at least hybrid. And so completely new and a fairly strong need with many of our customers is, is how to ensure that people feel some sort of sense of belonging in the, in the workplace or the work community that they're part of while they're not able to come to the office or they don't even need to come to the office in the future. So many companies have shifted to a, an entirely remote or, or at least a hybrid mode. So that, yeah. those are the two needs at the employer. Then when we come to the public health, uh, typically the, the needs are more around health promotion, obviously, and then also actually even like health interventions. We work with municipalities, cities um, who are providing health interventions and, and lifestyle life a lifestyle health habit mentoring to people at risk or even with with already existing conditions like diabetes or sure. or other conditions and then also the military we have national service here in finland and uh, and for nine years the finnish defense forces have been using our, our technology to provide conscripts and reservists with the means to get in shape and stay in shape for for their service so it's basically a, a health intervention of a very specific context if you will yeah yeah 
And that's interesting, really. I just wanted to pick up on the COVID piece you mentioned. You're quite right that when the pandemic arrived, with people having to have an enforced remoteness, these kind of interventions were really key, I think. And I think a lot of people, myself included, were able to avail of those kind of benefits and those interactions with uh, and staying connected. So a really key point. And also, I think when you're talking about public health and what employers are doing for their employees and trying to keep them healthy and heading off or avoiding all of these kind of risks which come on later down the stream, really like risk of diabetes and high blood pressure, really mm -hmm. key intervention. And I think we're seeing a lot of activity in, in that area generally with insurtechs and startups trying to intervene early to stop that trend and sometimes prevent or indeed reverse some of those trends. So a really, really key piece from my point of view. So thank you for uh, for sharing that. I just want to move on a little to focus on the Heya Heya part of your business. And that's the one mm -hmm. we're most familiar with at SCORE. And that yes. offers individuals a wealth of daily well-being activities and workout challenges, some of which I've tried myself. Uh, and it was used to very good effect for one of SCORE's most important clients in, in our market here in the UK and Ireland uh, as an incentive to buy life insurance where they were offered uh, discounts for uh, a certain level of activity. And that was measured through uh, using the Heya Heya app. Can you tell me something about that experience from your perspective in terms of the setup and whether that was something that was new for Heya Heya and what your key learnings were from that experience working with that uh, that customer? Yes, uh, I think it was new in many respects. It was the first of its scale uh, as, a, as a deployment, like a digital deployment in, in that region for us. We did have clients, of course, in the in the area, but but this this kind of a, a case or, or opportunity was was new for us. And I think it was all in all, it was a really exciting one for us in many, many respects. So we had not done such, uh, I'd say, systematic initiative before. Uh, and what I refer to here is that the way that it was actually a concept that was marketed, but then also measured in terms of the impact. So it wasn't just about rolling something out and seeing what happens, but, but it was yeah. actually uh, an initiative that, that was measured and tracked to the end. And, and so it was much more than just the technology bit from our perspective. We obviously are a technology software provider. We are able to provide a product, but that, but I also found really interesting and, and uh, novel for us, the marketing effort towards the consumers. So the, the actual individuals in the market. And then lastly, the, the analysis of the data that was collected. So, so I think that's something that we obviously, again, are not even able to do because we're not an insurer. We're not uh, in that business sure. ourselves. And so I think the pilot really captured the essentials of, of digital health or, or well-being solutions. You, you need a product. Uh, you need something digital to put in the hands of the, of the consumer. In this case, it was our Heya Heya uh, app and, and the platform and, and also the, the wearables that were used. But then you also need a really uh, a go-to-market plan that's working and, and that goes all the way down to the detail like uh, marketing messages, brochures, what the, you know, what the, what the value proposition is, how it's phrased. Yeah. I think these were really interesting learnings from the, the pilot. And then lastly, the data work mm -hmm. at the end, so the analysis. And I, I think these are, in that sense, it's a really great example in my opinion because I, I when i've then talked to other insurance companies and seen other concepts often one of these areas is perhaps lacking or or less sort of uh, focused on or or doesn't get the resources that are needed and i think all of them actually require quite a quite a bit of work so so uh, usually it's more about uh, you might you might sort of uh, just focus on having the product but then then actually the marketing i think was perhaps one of the one of the most important learnings and and then all in all at the end my understanding is that the data was really interesting 
mm-hmm. and that the pilot as a whole by all parties was actually viewed very positively and and as a success so i think it's a great example so something that i i, I warmly remember and and it's also, yeah. also really useful for planning our work ahead yeah sure and likewise we uh, warmly remember that that experience and i think uh, actually taking a pilot of that nature with a relatively small number of people the learnings from that are key in in terms of being able to say well we could even scale that up and make it much more scalable and do even larger numbers and a really great example of how a an insurer offering different benefits could look to maybe engage with new customers in in a different way so i agree the marketing was key and also the data coming out of that is key we we saw some very interesting learnings across regional differences and differences by age etc so it was a great experience i think just to take that first foray into you know uh perhaps activity based underwriting or assessment which is really great gaining Mm -hmm. some traction and we'll we'll come on to that in a little bit Now, if I move on to the piece we were uh, maybe focusing on uh, a little bit earlier and ask you about uh, maybe some of the work in based on activity-based underwriting. So we mm-hmm. uh, talked a little bit earlier about the customer pilot and how that generally is a good was a good experience for all parties. Is there what are your views generally on activity-based underwriting? Do you think that actually this is going to be the way forward for insurers using a mix of activity-based data, whether taking the data from smartphones and from apps and kind of augmenting the the underwriting experience, or is it going to be something that sits quite separate from an underwriting process? Do you see really a big drive towards that sort of initiative and in, not just in local markets close to us, but in different parts of the world as well? And for which products would you see that working? Yeah, I, I think that the need uh, if we're just looking at the, the need in terms of the underwriting part, I think that need has been there for a while. It's, it's quite clear that there's an opportunity to make it much more sort of granular or, or uh, let's say personalized and, and individualized, if you will. The actual, actual implementations that I have seen have varied a lot in terms of the concepts and the results. When I look at this from, from our perspective, I, I see firstly the, the underwriting piece, which I think makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of logic in in making that smoother and then making it also more personalized and making it better targeted. So, and for that purpose, I think activity data is great because in my opinion, it's it's one of the few things that you can get from a phone that can be tracked fairly consistently. So nowadays the the mobile phones are fairly good at this. and, And if you have a wearable, you're even better at it. But secondly, it's also very easy for the people to understand. And I think that's really important if you're thinking about the individual at the other end. If the concept is very complicated, if you don't understand what affects sort of the, the, whether it's the premium or the coverage or something else, then all concept becomes very difficult to market. But if we're talking about being active, I think most of us will be able to sort of uh, understand what that means and also being inactive. And so, so I think that's, again, going back to the earlier point about putting things in the hands of the consumers and marketing them and the marketing messages, I think that's really fundamental. That's why I think activity specifically is a really good starting point. And I think it, you, you also want to probably look at starting somewhere and then, then maybe expanding from there in terms of like going from activity to other areas. I think the concerns that I have about this uh, or related to this would be around two things that you need to sort of solve. And, and I think we're, we're more or less getting there. And I don't, I don't think these are problems, but more like concerns that typically come up. 
there's the privacy. So yeah. I, as an end user, want to know where the data goes and who, what's done with it. I think that's one thing. That's that's something that that usually comes up. The second point is maybe the accuracy of the data in terms of how well it represents my lifestyles, which I think the the, the insurer is ultimately looking to understand. So. Two examples. One, I'm physically very active for tens of years, but then I injure myself. And, and for some reason, the, the sample of data that, that we look at is just from the past couple of weeks when I haven't been exercising so much. So so then Definitely, it doesn't really yeah. give an accurate. And, and then the other way around as well. So I could be very passive, but, but then have a New Year's resolution and get active. So, so I think we want to somehow solve that. And I think especially when you have longer, let's say, time series of data, you're able to overcome this second point very, very well. But but I think that's that's like the technical piece of, of actually looking at the data itself. But then then I think that the other key element, like a really big topic, actually, is what does the the individual get in return for for going into this? So so usually what I've understood so far and what I think people will be looking for the, the insurance clients is something beyond just the insurance. So when you're using an application. What else can you get from the application besides sharing your data and getting the, the underwriting piece done? So I think uh, something that delights the end user, something that delights the person, it, it could be personalized programs for various uh, areas of well-being, it could be sleep or mental well-being or exercise or something else, something that you concretely yeah. get by using the application. And as a byproduct, you're also then generating data and on offering the, that to sort of exchange it with the, with the insurer and get a much more personalized and, and applicable insurance policy in return. I think that's the way that I would expect these to go because yeah. then you're creating the inherent demand and the benefit uh, from an end user's point of view. Sure. Yeah, that's really, really key point. You see, thank you for sharing that, particularly on the data, uh, sorry, the data privacy piece and using that data in a kind of a sensible way. And I think really that from uh, from our point of view, as I said earlier, we're seeing this drive towards, uh, you've already mentioned mental health, much better engagement. So actually being very clear about through marketing messages about the benefits and, uh, you know, the just the engagement piece, which is really key. Uh, and again, I come back to the pandemic, really, where people were feeling isolated and having something to encourage them to be more active and keep that level of, of activity up is, is really key. And I think that would just is really going to drive the future, I think, in terms of how people are given, as you alluded to, that personal experience. So I think at some point, activity based underwriting is definitely on the horizon. And, you know, we, we may see that develop even further through time. So thanks for sharing those thoughts. Can I then just move on to towards the end of uh, our conversation today, which has been fascinating and, and ask you to tell us a little bit more about your current focus and what your plans are for 2022 and beyond in terms of just extending what you're doing to other territories or any kind of new projects that you'd be prepared to tell us about? Absolutely. Happy, happy to share um, our plans. We. Well, first of all, we've, we've seen that uh, for the past couple of years, the, the market for digital well-being solutions has really changed. We've been studying, uh, actually even researching with universities, how employers specifically view this. We've also conducted some validation studies on, on digital, digitally powered health interventions in, in some of these public health customer cases that we have. And so, so we see consistent demand for these kind of solutions. And, and one of the, let's say, uh, positives, but also challenges for an entrepreneur like myself is is the the number of opportunities in the market. So we need to actually focus on on certain things and not go after every opportunity that we we see. So I think health and well-being is a really big opportunity that's going to 
continue to grow. There's plenty of work to be done in many of many of the, the sectors. Our uh, current plan is actually focused on geographic expansion. Firstly, so so we are looking at some really exciting growth opportunities in the next six to twelve months. We're working on something that we will be publishing most likely towards the second half of the year. Like well, a little bit later. This is this is now yep. already the second half, but uh, yes. in Q3, I think we'll be publishing publishing some news related to that. We we see that we're, we're going to take a major step forward in, in terms of geographic presence. And the other area that we're very strongly developing is the technology itself. Of course, we are, we're developing basically two areas. One is the program concepts and challenge concepts for engaging large populations of different different domains, primarily employers, but also, also others. And secondly, then the, the use of data to actually track the results and, and validate the results of the programs that these various organizations conduct. So something that we've been doing in the past, but something that we, we have two very strong initiatives ongoing. And I think these actually connect to the earlier points about activity-based insurance and, and being able to actually even offer these kinds of solutions in the future. Our, our sort of strengths have been in this, this uh, engagement piece, the, the sort of gamification and appealing to the end user, but then also the robustness of the system from GDPR and privacy and, and, uh, and also the use of data. Uh, yeah. So I think these are the two areas that we will we'll continue to develop and, and look forward to yeah. growing aggressively in the upcoming years. Excellent. Thank you, Yussi, for sharing that with us. And uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, but um, I just want to say thank you for sharing your insights with us today. It's been a fascinating conversation. We've uh, known each other for a few years and worked together on, on driving some of this change through initiatives, these health and wellness initiatives. So thank you very much. I wish you every success for the rest of 2022 and beyond. Thank you, Yussi. Thank you. Thanks for having me.